0: Welcome to the Healthy Doctor Podcast, where we host conversations about physician well-being. I'm Dr. Steve Sartori, Director of the Center for Well-Being at the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. As medicine has become more complex and demanding, burnout rates have skyrocketed. Strong relationships are a pillar of resilience, and the casualty of collegiality has taken its toll. My guest on this episode is Dr. Mark Greenwald the founder of an innovative program of peer support called Peer PeerRxMed. Dr. Greenewald is Professor and Vice Chair of Family Medicine and Community Medicine at the Virginia Tech Carilion School of Medicine. He is the Vice Chair for Academic Affairs and Professional Development for the Carilion Clinic Department of Family and Community Medicine and serves as the Medical Director for the Carilion Clinic Institute for Leadership Effectiveness. He is a certified leadership and executive coach and serves as faculty for the Healthcare Coaching Institute. He is a former president of the Virginia Academy of Family Physicians and was named the 2016 Virginia Family Physician of the Year. For the past three years, Mark has served as the conference chair for the annual AAFP Physician Health and Wellbeing Conference. He regularly writes, speaks, and facilitates workshops in the areas of physician well-being. In February of 2020, Mark rolled out the PeerRx Med program, a peer support and professional growth program that has already impacted the well being of clinicians and healthcare teams around the world. I'm really looking forward to talking with Mark. Mark, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Healthy Doctor Podcast. Thank you for inviting me. It's a it's a pleasure and an honor. I've been excited and looking forward to this as well as I've gotten more acquainted with you through your writing and through some of your projects. And before I get into that, I'd like to let our listeners know a little bit more about you. So if you don't mind sharing, what led you to choose a career in healthcare and of course then
1: family medicine? I'm a son of a family doctor. And while that doesn't in itself explain the, the career path that I chose. When I reflect back on it, what I experienced as a boy was a father who loved what he did. And so that influence, I think, carried over. My mother is an RN, so we came from a medical family. I have a great uncle who also was a family physician. So in some ways, you could say it truly was genetic. And when I got to medical school and then into residency, certainly during medical school, I didn't want to be a family physician And part of that was because growing up, I can remember people saying, oh, you're going to grow up and be just like your father. And there was that independent rebellious streak in me that said, no, I will not. I'm my own man. So I really tried everything I could to find a reason to not go into family medicine. And then during my fourth year, I actually did a rotation with my father and I'd never really done that before. I'd followed him around as a boy in the hospital and in his office, but had never done a rotation with him like that. And it really provided me the opportunity to both appreciate the incredible work that he did and also at the same time appreciate that I truly am not him and was able to then release that and pursue family medicine. During my medical school in University of Virginia, we also had incredible role models there for family medicine, including the man who would become my chair, Louis Barnett. And I think that was a big influence on my both going into family medicine and then choosing and being chosen to stay at the University of Virginia for my residency training as well.
0: It's amazing how uh, mentors and family members and so many people influence the direction of our lives and end up uh, helping us to get where we need to be. And that kind of brings us into this sense of uh, relating to one another in medicine and peer-to-peer kind of support and conversations. And I know that's an area that you've been involved in. And what prompted you to get interested in this uh, peer support kind of conversation?
1: When I think back, I've always recognized and have always been encouraged to make sure that peer support was part of my professional upbringing, if you will. What I realized as I came into practice is that that was not the norm for most people. Coming out of the military, I did five years as a medical officer in the Navy, where camaraderie was really encouraged in a very different way. And so when I came out of the Navy, One of the things that that my colleagues and I talked about, those of us who served together, was that while there was many things that we perhaps didn't miss in terms of some of the the bureaucracy and things, everyone to the last person said, I miss the camaraderie. And so that just has, has had me thinking my whole career about that. And I've been fortunate to be surrounded by some really wonderful colleagues, but in 2000, I had a tragic obstetrical outcome that happened where the mother actually died in childbirth and the the baby was neurologically devastated. And what I realized in that time, in that grief, which actually was over the course of a year, is that even though I was surrounded by folks who I know at any point in time would have provided support for me, it wasn't built into the system. There wasn't a, a natural prompting to say, okay, Mark, I know you're not doing well. So quit telling us that you're doing fine. Um, No one can go through what you went through. And it was almost as if I wish somebody would have asked me that question. And so I carried that idea after that of saying, why was that and recognizing very quickly that I was not the only one who really felt like in the midst of our professional journey and the challenges of it, I was really feeling alone and not comfortable necessarily talking about some of those struggles. And so thinking about that, thinking about my time in the military and thinking, what would that look like? And it really, it came came to me one day when I was at the YMCA, actually, and I was swimming. Swimming is one of the things I do for my own well-being. And they were having some swimming lessons there, and they held a buddy check. And the instructor said, why is it important that we have a buddy? And I just stopped in my tracks at that point and said, that's it. That we we need a buddy, and I reflected back to my own time growing up, uh, actually in the YMCA swimming program, where we always had buddy checks. And so, thinking, what would the professional equivalent of a buddy check be? And that's where really Pure RX was born out of that thought. That's just great, but isn't it interesting how that just sears
0: into your mind at some point in time? And and so, what did you do from there?
1: Well, so w- the way it started out was very simple. In in that I thought what I what I hungered for was not a whole bunch of colleagues. I had those. I have wonderful colleagues that I'm surrounded by, but truly somebody who we could mutually say, let's travel this journey together. Let's go deeper in terms of our own relationship. Let's engender that trust that it takes to really start talking about those things that we do struggle with and it really matter, but that we feel too vulnerable often in both our professional socialization and also, I think, our selection in medicine to talk about. And so I did. I reached out. To one of my colleagues and said, "Hey, I know this might sound a little bit crazy, but here's what I'm thinking." And they said, "Oh, I would love that," <laughs> you know. And that, and that's all I needed was somebody to say, "Oh, I'd love that." And and so we just started. We started talking about what could that look like, and we we traveled together for a while. And 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 it was at that point that I began to share with them, "Here's what I've been thinking about this. What would it look like to do this on a on a broader scale?" And uh, and that's that's really how the PRX began to evolve to begin to think about what. What would a structure look like that would be very easy, but yet that would provide those reminders because what one of the things that we did is we met regularly. We had it on our calendars and we would meet for a check-in and the check-in could be something very simple. Just how are you doing? How are things at home? Or it could be, you know, here's something really tragic or really something that I'm really struggling with. Let's talk about that. Let's carve out some time. Uh, and having that deliberate time carved out made all the difference because I know that those weren't, weren't things that I would have naturally just pulled somebody aside and said, hey, can I talk to you about this? And so that began the process of thinking about this very differently.
0: So you took initiative to deepen a collegial relationship. It was well-received, and you realized this was something that uh, could be more generalized. And that's interesting. So then what was the next step after you kind of dipped your toe in the water?
1: So I started to talk about that. I've done a lot of work with both leadership and development and well-being, both locally and and around the country, and started sharing some of those ideas. And what I figured early on, Steve, was that somebody would pick up on that, and they would say, that's brilliant, and I'm going to do that. And they would just take it and run with it. You know, Who knows? I was busy, and I just thought, I just don't have time for that. But it kept coming back to me. And people kept saying, you should do something about that. And I kept hearing that and hearing that until finally I said, hmm, there's a message here somewhere. So began the process of, of creating an infrastructure for what came to be known as PeerRX. Rx. And what, what I did then was I piloted it. I got together a group of 15 pairs, 15 buddies that I just recruited through my networking, both locally and, and around the country and said, would you be willing to pilot this for three months? just to see what a platform could look like for it. And so we did that actually in July of 2019, which is when kind of you could say PureRX officially started. And the pilot went very, very well. And lots of positive feedback, both about just the relationships and the deepening of the relationships themselves, but also the appreciation for what I have come to call the nudge every week, just to remind you to say, hey, in your busyness, Don't forget to check in with your partner, with your buddy. That just got it started. And then it was a matter of saying, if we're going to expand this, what would that look like? And that led to me creating the website and then beginning the blog. The blog was actually something that wasn't part of the initial PRX. Initial PRX was literally just a weekly email to say, buddy check, time to check in. I would include a quote, an inspiring quote, and maybe one or two questions to allow people to trigger questions to allow them to think a little bit about some things to share. And it's expanded certainly beyond that since since the website started and, and since we rolled out the, the the program, the larger program.
0: I'm just wondering, for those that really are not familiar with this uh, PRRX, uh, how would you describe this to someone who has no familiarity with it? What's the process? How does it work? Tell us
1: about that. The process is a very simple one in the context of getting involved, which is essentially signing up with a buddy. And you don't actually have to sign up with a buddy. Your buddy signs up and you sign up. And then everyone weekly, and sign up is very simple. It's basically name and email address from the website. Once that process gets started, the way I've structured it, and and Steve, you and I have something in common that we haven't talked about and that we both come from a coaching background as well. And so when when I envisioned PRX, I was bringing in some of that coaching mindset as well in terms of how can we not only check in with each other, but help catalyze our own and, and our partner's growth at the same time, both personally and professional. And so what uh, what the platform then became was once a week, those who are signed up get an email. I call it the Buddy Check Nudge, and that comes on Monday. In that email, it, it essentially says, here's something to think about this week. Don't forget to check in with the buddy. And then it provides a link to the blog for those people who want something a little bit more in the context of what the question was or the prime was for that week. Then what I encourage people to do, I've created a process that I I just kind of tongue-in-cheek call PRX90, uh, which stands for PRX90. And and it essentially says that my, it it has a few components to it. One is that I want to make people, make sure people understand that this doesn't have to take a long time when I, when I created the structure for it, my goal was basically that every week you could do this in as little as 90 seconds. So you send a text to your buddy, just saying, buddy check, how you doing? Anything going on that we need to talk about? And your buddy responds. So it doesn't have to take up a lot of time. I think that was one of the things, the feedback I got is people said, oh, I don't, I can't do one more thing. And I said that this is too important to make that the barrier. And then, and then what, what I encourage people to do then is once a month for up to 90 minutes, if they're not, partners in in practice or friends who meet socially to schedule up to 90 minutes to carve out some time just to meet face-to-face again in in COVID time that that may look Zoom to Zoom or other video platform But just to check in a little bit deeper, to go a little bit deeper, check in about how the month has gone. And then every 90 days, so essentially quarterly, to carve out some time to reflect back on the last three months together and then look ahead to the next three months. And on the website, I provide some questions for that. And I do that as well in the weekly email to be thinking about things, something as simple as, you know, how what goals have you set over the last three months that, that you've been able to accomplish, made some progress on? What are some things that you look forward to over the next three months? And one that I think is essential, which is when's your next vacation? When's your next time away? What are you doing? to take care of yourself uh in the midst of the challenges of the professional life that we live and so so 90 up to as little as 90 seconds once a week uh up to 90 minutes once a month and then every 90 days check in and that's that's essentially the platform for PRX. well you've uh, created quite a readily accessible rhythm that's not
0: overwhelming to a busy doctor and i really appreciate that and the other thing i have been reading these uh monday morning uh, emails and then of course clicking every week on the blog and reading another minute and a half or two and just such a wonderful reflection that you give us you really give us food for thought and a great takeoff point for discussion and even though i confess i'm not formally a buddy i have many buddies and i use some of the stuff that you use to trigger the conversation so your reach is further than you probably
1: know of well, that's heartening to hear, Steve. And, and the the blog, the, the, the purpose of the blog is it, it, it's accomplishing exactly what I hoped uh, with what you just said, which is essentially in 90 seconds to provide a little bit of extra food, if you will, to feed our souls. And that's I'm always thinking, what is something that will help to challenge and stretch us in terms of our professional identity, in terms of the things that that we get stuck on professionally? And how can I reframe that in a way that might allow us to begin to be more energized by the work that we do and not drag down by some of those things that we know can drag any of us down in day-to-day practice? Your
0: coach approach to all of this certainly invites people into spaces that they normally wouldn't occupy from a mental and emotional perspective. And of course, uh, sharing this coaching bent with you, I really appreciate that too, because it really does take a, a stimulating question or thought to invite people into a place they don't naturally go. So strong work on that as well. I'm thinking about this peer-buddy system, and you mentioned face-to-face, of course, which we all yearn for, but during COVID and pandemic times, that's a difficult thing. But how does this work or could it work in just pure virtual ways? Sometimes doctors are in remote communities, don't have access to a buddy or don't know a buddy. What do you do for those folks that really don't have someone to call on? One of the reasons I have
1: more than one buddy is so that I can experience exactly what you just asked, Steve. So I have a local buddy, he and I check in electronically. we're not, we're not at the same office. so we check in electronically, and then we also are able to check in in person. Part of that every Monday is, is literally I just take the, what the buddy the questions from the buddy check email, I copy and paste them into an email and I answer them and send them to my buddy and just say buddy check. and, and so we can asynchronously connect with each other. I have a buddy who's, who's in Minnesota. Part of that is just somebody else who I wanted to really connect with professionally, but also provides me an opportunity to, to test the platform uh, in a virtual setting. So he and I electronically just email every week. Same thing that I do with my local buddy is, is just saying here are the questions for the week and then checking in on some things that we've talked about. We've both had some both professional and personal challenges that we've been encouraging each other with. And then what we do is once a month we Zoom so the, the you know, up to 90 minutes once a month, we just schedule a Zoom call uh, or Zoom meeting. And again, that's just the platform that I happen to have. And, and we schedule it for an hour and we do it over lunch or early in the morning before we get to work. And it's just been wonderful. What I find is that that platform can be very, very effective in terms of, of engendering a, a sense of really feeling connected in a way that even the telephone doesn't do from my perspective. And so so easily be done. And that's, again, part of the platform that I want to encourage your listeners is that if if you're out there alone, that's exactly why you need to be connected even more so than somebody who already has a built in support system. And so being able to reach out to a colleague who you've met. We have folks who just met at a conference, folks who just have known each other. We have a lot of folks who reconnected with classmates from either medical school or residency and just said, hey, let's uh, let's connect again and so lots of different ways that this can be done but the first step is the willingness to ask and i've not heard stories of people who have asked somebody and that other person said you know either i absolutely don't have time for that or that's the silliest thing i've ever heard just the opposite people say thank you oh my gosh I needed this, and I didn't even recognize consciously how much I needed it.
0: Yeah, it reminds us to not fear reaching out and inviting someone into a deeper relationship because my experience is the same, Mark, that people readily receive that and accept that and embrace it. It's just something that someone needs to take the first step.
1: The leadership first step. And again, I think that's hard for we in medicine because it is a place of vulnerability for me to reach out and say, I need support, I need encouragement, I need help, is not something that we're trained and socialized to do. So it does feel a little bit unnatural. And what I find is that many of us, I I was fortunate this way, but many in healthcare, their professional relationships are exactly that. They tend to be more professional, and they kind of draw a line with the personal. As you and I uh, communicated before this podcast, many, many of our colleagues in previous generations they had this built in naturally because their practice was that for them. Their partners were their their lifelong best friends as well outside of practice. Their families grew up together, and that's changed in healthcare. And so having something that can substitute for that, I think, is essential because that connection to me is our lifeblood professionally.
0: So as we begin to wrap up here, what do you really want to see going forward? What would you really love to see out of this
1: initiative? My vision, and this is the, this is the tagline of PRX, is, is no one cares alone. And truly, my vision is that there is not a healthcare professional in this country, not just physicians, nurses, advanced care practitioners, no healthcare professional doesn't have someone who they could call their professional buddy, their professional partner, doesn't have to be part of this program. But as you point out, I am totally convinced that if we all had that, someone who we could go to when we were struggling and say, look, I need to run this by you. I've just been grappling with this. Or someone who can celebrate with us professionally of all the incredible things that happen every day that often we miss in the the day-to-day work that we do. As you point out, I am confident that we would mitigate a lot of what's happening right now in terms of professional distress and burnout. Not all of it. I'm not naive about that. But I do think that the downward spiral that happens during professional distress, part of that is because clinicians feel alone in their struggles and that, that then becomes something they take inwardly. And again, the downward spiral just happens naturally from there as they start to tell themselves stories around things that happen in their professional life. So that's really my vision would be that we all have somebody. And in one of my blogs, I, I talked about that as the two, your 2 a.m. buddy. Somebody who you know, if you were struggling with something serious at 2 a.m. beside your spouse or partner, who you could call and you know they would drop everything and come and help you, we all need that professionally because we all have those 2 a.m. moments. Uh, we, they may not be at 2 a.m., but we're all going to, if we haven't had times in our professional lives where something will happen that will shake our foundation. And uh, having somebody there who can help support us and understand really what it must be like to go through that because they've been through something similar is is just lifeblood for us.
0: Certainly, adversity comes. We will experience adversity. We'll have difficult clinical outcomes, uh, and we will beat ourselves up for it, and we need someone to invite us into a conversation to say, you know, I care. No one cares alone. I'm here for you. Just share what you want. Don't share if you don't want to, but it's just, it's it's for you. Yeah, that's great. How do how do our listeners uh, find out more about the program? What should they do? Uh, what can they do in response to this?
1: Yeah, real simple. If, if folks are interested in learning more, just go to peerrxmed.com. That's P-E-E-R-R-X-M-E-D.com. Some folks have asked me about the dot-com that has to do with uh, domains and and the ability to purchase domains. This is a free program. It will always be a free program. This is, a, in many ways, it's Steve, in the, in the spirit of, of of this particular podcast. This is my ministry. So I really believe that... Uh, this is something that we all need access to, and I'm willing to do my part to try to make sure that people do have a platform to do that. So reaching out to PRXmed.com, and, and essentially it'll just say there's a whole bunch of information on there. The, the previous blogs are there, and it'll say, how do I sign up? And you just click on there, name and email address. That's all I need, and uh, we'll get you signed up. And you're, if you want to put in a pseudoname, name, doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that, that folks get connected with other folks. And then have your buddy do the same thing that's literally all you need to do. And the next Monday at 5 a.m. Eastern time, you'll be getting an email from me as your first nudge. Well, Mark,
0: you have obviously demonstrated that not only are you willing to do your part, you are going above and beyond. You are doing your part and more. And I'm so thankful that this is your ministry and it's energizing to you, not depleting. So thank you for investing in the lives of our colleagues and Really appreciate that and for advancing the cause of well-being and for all the leadership things you do as well, much of which we haven't talked about today. And thank you so much for being my guest on this episode of the Healthy Doctor
1: podcast. Thank you, Steve. It's been a pleasure. And uh, again, a reminder to to your listeners, no one should care alone. And so if they know of others beyond themselves who that's happening with, to reach out to them and get them signed up as well.
0: What a blessing to talk with Mark and to hear him say, no one should care alone, which is so true for us in modern medicine. I'm reminded of the book of Ecclesiastes, which reminds us in chapter 4 that two are better than one. If you fall down, one will pick you up. If you need to defend against something, another one will be there for you. And, And a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. When God's in the mix of that, how strong we can be for one another. So thanks to Mark for reminding us of the need for collegiality, the need for reaching out. And don't be afraid to take that first step in initiating a deeper relationship with a colleague or a friend. You need it, and they will need it. As Mark shared during our conversation, please visit the website, www.peerrxmed.com. You'll be blessed by the writings that Mark does, the blog posts he puts out every early Monday morning. I look forward to them so much. It has been a blessing in my life. At the CMDA Center for Well-Being, we help doctors and other healthcare professionals align with God, optimize well-being, and maximize influence. We offer professional coaching services to help you advance well-being, navigate transitions, or grow leadership skills. For more information, visit cmda.org slash coaching or email coaching at cmda.org. Our coach training courses offer the opportunity to learn the mindset and skills and tools of coaching, equipping you to help others without giving them advice. These popular courses are duly accredited, providing both Category 1 CME credits and coach training hours approved by the International Coaching Federation. To stay abreast of current course offerings, visit cmda.org slash events. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Healthy Doctor podcast. If you like the podcast, please take time to leave a good rating. That could encourage others to subscribe and listen as well. Tune in again next month. And until then, care for yourself as you care for others. This podcast has been a production of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast are not necessarily endorsed by the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. CMDA
1: is a nonpartisan organization that does not endorse political parties or candidates for public office. The views expressed on this podcast reflect judgments regarding principles and values held by CMDA and its members and are not intended to imply endorsement of any political party or candidate.